afternoon, church. Pastor Daniel here. Welcome to the Eternity Life Podcast. This is episode 11. Today I have a very special guest with me. This is Michael Ely Jr. Michael works at Christ the King Lutheran Church with me. He just started a couple months ago. And we decided that it would be nice to have some conversation about what Christianity looks like through our eyes and our lenses. I hope you enjoy our conversation. All right. So whenever you're you're ready to start. We're good. All right, to go. here we go. All right. Good morning, church. Welcome to our first ever podcast, video <laughs> podcast. We're excited yeah. to be here. I'm Pastor Daniel, and joining me is Michael Ely. Yes, sir. Michael, it's good to be together. Yeah. Hey, you are my man. I appreciate <laughs> you. Well, I'm just really excited that we're going to get to do this and talk about our faith and our religion and also what it's like to be part of church from different racial backgrounds. Absolutely. um, How who we are identifies us within Scripture and in Christianity, um, but also how we make our way through the world. Absolutely. And I I think that's just going to be really good for uh, our our watchers and our listeners today. Awesome. So the first question I have for you today is you just graduated. Yes, sir. Tell us about your degree and uh, what it took to get there. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, I just graduated from Wake Forest University School of Divinity. Uh, so me and Athena, we've been through those trenches. <laughs> and uh, that, was, that was really fun. Um, in the beginning, I think I struggled um, for probably about the first semester because everything was different. Anything that um, I had known... Uh, it was deconstructed in that process. Yeah, they build you down, and if yeah. there's time, they build you back up, right? They tell you down. Emphasis on if there's time. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so literally, um, th- there was some deconstruction that I had to do, uh, some that was really necessary, and then others, um, you know, it, it was just good information to know. And so I'm just, I'm grateful for the opportunity to have studied and to have matriculated through Wake Forest. Well, it's yeah. a great program, and it's just gotten better with age. I mean, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, so, uh, as a kid growing up, mm-hmm. what was your relationship like with God? I, I mean, everybody always asks for a call story, and I, I don't, <laughs> I'm trying to get away from your canned call, call story that, you, that we all have to give right. all day, every day. Right. But um, I, I'm wondering if there was a time as a kid when you were just in church that you were like, "Man, this this is right. This yeah. is right for me." Yeah. So, you know, within our tradition, if you grow up, um, and speaking of our tradition, I grew up Baptist. And so, you know, if you grew up in church a lot, you're a pew baby. Yeah. And, um, you know, my family's full of preachers, people who are in the church, active. Mm. And so I think it's just something that's always kind of been there. Yeah. I think some of the earliest memories, though, uh, go back to when I was three and four years old. There's yeah. like there's literally yeah. footage, and maybe I'll expose myself one day <laughs> of of me preaching on the treadmill uh-huh. in in our home, uh, and then in preaching see, on the treadmill, preaching on the treadmill. Because <laughs> you needed a platform. Uh huh. Wearing my bathrobe, having one of those little uh, cheap karaoke microphones, and uh-huh. just just going for what I yeah, know, baby. you know. Yep. And I think let me see, was it second grade or? Somewhere in there, um, I started having church on the track uh, of you know during recess. Really? Yeah. You bring in your your. I'll bring in all the friends. To go shake hands. All of it. <laughs> all of it. 
And I even had them give me some money, you know? And, yeah. <laughs> and that was my cookie money. Maybe that's part of my problem today, eating too many cookies, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so literally, um, that was it. And at 13, um, I told the pastor, uh, who I was under at the time, I said, you know, I really just feel called yeah. for ministry. Yeah. And so from 13 to 18, well, 17, um, I was in a watching process where you had to serve yeah. and you had to prove, um, you know, your your devotion to ministry. Yeah. And that's when um, I preached before going off to undergrad. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was, what did you study in undergrad? So, yeah, in undergrad, I went to Hampton yeah. uh, in Virginia and I studied marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is helping you out. Now, Absolutely. One of the things I love about being a pastor is virtually any undergraduate degree is going to help you. Absolutely. Unless it's maybe organic chemistry, like that <laughs> might be a little hard. And Justin's actually in engineering, like that's that's a little... Right. But most things, especially in the softer sciences, yeah. it just becomes really helpful in Absolutely. ministry later on. You're like, oh, I think I think I know something that could help. Absolutely. Well, we have known each other very long. Yeah. Maybe two months, three, three months. Three months we've known each other, yeah. and two months we've been working together. Yeah. And um, I was really, I mean, you were my favorite candidate from the beginning, and uh, just really was excited about the energy you brought, and, you know, it definitely, your skill set just really jumps off the page. And uh, one of the clinching moments, I think, for the committee was when you asked, what's it going to be like for a black man? To work in this white church, and that's so. I think that for us was like, okay, great. If we can name it, then we can go somewhere. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's my question: (laughs) What's it like being a black man working in a church that's ninety something percent white? Yeah, yeah. So you know, something that I've never shared with you, which I guess the great you know bombshell moment. Here we are, right? (laughs) (laughs) Is that uh, during the time? Um, when I was considering where God was taking me next, it, it was between here and a place in D.C. And in the place in D.C., I would have been doing youth, young adults, and marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and here is, is strictly you know marketing communication. But now I'm kind of having the opportunity to do a few other things, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. And um, I, I had a lot of reservations, um, but I had... I uh, heard one time a, a pastor I enjoy saying that you should go in the path of resistance. Mm. And to me, this is this place is what resistance felt like. It was different from anything that I've ever known, anything yeah. I've ever been a part of. Right. But yet, in many ways, especially coming um, off of Wake Forest, it's very similar. Right. And and so to answer your question, I'm grateful that the majority of those who I have encountered embody the all are welcome, no exceptions motto of the church. And I'm appreciative for your stance, um, especially you, because I can speak to it on how you've sp- spoken out in your messages um, to current events, especially in the issues of social justice yeah. that impacts individuals who look like me. Yeah. And so to me, that's very important. Um, and and even the zero tolerance stance um, on mistreatment for all of those who um, are in oppressed populations. Well, exactly so. And it's just mind boggling how many churches out there, uh, not I wouldn't say not even just in the white community, 
um, that won't won't touch social justice justice issues. And right. you're like, what Bible are you reading? Right. Like what what message? Right. For coddling behavior and denial, or uh, you know, just not engaging the issues of the day. Yeah. That's not the Jesus I know. Right. <laughs> right. So that's, uh, and being able to uh, listen uh, has been really helpful, I think, for, for a lot of our people. And in the last year, uh, particularly, I would say a lot of people in white communities, not just Christ the King, but nationally, yeah. have started listening um, yeah. a little bit more. Absolutely. And I think we've learned a lot from that, you know. Um, the, the Barnes and Noble books were flying off the shelves, you know, anti-racism. Yeah. People, people are, I don't know if they're woke, but they're waking. Right, right? Yeah. they're waking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, one of the things I learned about, actually from doing a podcast, was learning about the talk mm-hmm. um, that <laughs> African-American parents sit down with kids while they're growing up and say, hey, the world's afraid of you. I mean, I'm, I'm putting words in there, but I, I, sure. is this a conversation you had with your parents? Sure. Yeah. Uh, and also not only just as a kid, but when you told your parents, I think I'm going to go work at a white church. <laughs> <laughs> like what, what was that like? Yeah. So, you, you know, I, I can remember, I think what 16 in North Carolina, you able to get your permit? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And so I went and got my permit on my birthday. And, um, at the time, because, you know, I'm about to be 25 in just a couple hey, of months hey, here. Hey. And so you're saying, what, nine years ago? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Um, my mom still had the car that they brought me home from the hospital in. And so my first car mm. was the mm-hmm. first car that I've ever known. Mm. And I can remember uh, the, the tears that she cried. And my dad was like, oh, Tanya, you know, he's fine. <laughs> he, you know, he's, he's good. Yeah. You know, we've trained him. Yeah. You know, we've taken him around in the parking lot, you know. And, <laughs> but he passed the test. He's good. And, and you know, she, she never really went into detail about those tears. But I would imagine that part of those tears is probably joy. But another part is the fear. Yeah. And, you know, it seems like things weren't as obvious at yeah. those times yeah. as it is to me now. Mm. Maybe partly it's because of my maturity, yeah. but I would also say that the past presidency did not help either. Right. And so, you know, I can remember, and, and would you believe at 25, mm. my, my parents still say something? Mm-hmm. My parents still say Hey, you know, make sure that you're doing, yeah. you know, what, what you're supposed to do. If you get stopped, yeah. make sure you have your hands where you can see them. Go ahead, have your, um, go ahead, have your wallet out, um, and and have your ID and your license and registration out. Have a car wallet yeah. for these things so that the process is not long. Yeah. Um, because the worst thing to do is to be mistaken for doing something else. Reaching. Yeah, reaching or yeah. anything. Keeping and, your hands at 10 and 2 and all yeah. that. Yeah. And so, and so my parents, <clears throat> uh, when, when I told them, they said, well, you're grown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have discernment to know um, if, if, if it's a good place or not. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things that we hold truth um, is, is fairness. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if a place is not fair... That's not a place where I need to be. 
Yeah. And so I'm grateful that um, for what I have seen from the interview process to this present moment is fair. Yeah. Yeah, I heard from one of my friends recently talking about the Confederate flags that we yeah. see here in the South. Yeah. Um, you know, she said to me, you know, when you pass that, you just shake your head. You know, when I pass that, mm-hmm. I, my heart rate increases. You mm-hmm. know, my, my fear goes up. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was, I'm wondering for you, are there places that you avoid? Are there, you know, do you, I'm sure you have it in the back of your mind, you know, um, I've heard other people say stopping at gas stations after dark, they try not mm-hmm. to do, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Is that is that a part of your life, your daily life? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, the reality is I'm, I'm currently on a health journey, you yeah. know, to make sure that I'm I'm well. And um, You don't need to be walking into that gas station after 9 o'clock anyway, getting some Slim Jims or right. something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Flame Hot some, Cheetos some and Double Deckers. <laughs> But, but, you know, and, and, you know, I, I still live with my parents now and we live in a pretty good neighborhood, but one of the biggest things, like I told my parents is I want to join a really nice gym because the reality is I can be in my fairly nice neighborhood and still be mistaken, you know, or misprofiled. And so, um, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and we see it all the time, you know, uh, even in certain situations, I'm not, my first response is not to call the police because I can be mistaken and that's real. And so your first response is not, it's to not call to the call police. the police. Yeah. No, because no. you, you think that bringing more people involved to have Access to force and weapons and stuff is worse for you. Absolutely. I mean, just like we saw, uh, what, about a month ago with the young lady in Ohio. Right. You know, granted, yes, when the cop pulled up, um, she was in a striking pose. And so that death was named justifiable. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that if the color of the skin of those who were involved was different, the first... Action would not have been to use deadly force. Yeah. I was in seminary when Trayvon Martin was killed. Yeah. And um, I was actually taking a class at the uh, ABSW, which is the American uh, Black Baptist Seminary in Berkeley. Mm -hmm. And our professor, we just came in and we, I mean, kind of lamented, cried. He actually bought a hoodie on the way and wore it. Yeah. Um, And I think that was the, well, it was definitely the first time for me to sort of be mourning with people of color for something so atrocious. Yeah. And I, I think that becomes really helpful um, because usually, like I said, we, we see things and we shake our head and go, God, this isn't the world that we want. This right. isn't the world that we want. Right. Um, but it feels removed, you know, from, our, from my experience. And the more I think we can be in those places of lament and hear those, those stories. Mm-hmm. I think the more that, that um, sort of far away sympathy becomes, no, I want to get up. I want to protest. I want to call my senator. I want to you know, yeah. reach out and be part of this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we sort of mentioned that the gospel is the thing that draws us together. We literally know each other because we work at church together. Yeah, you know? yeah. 
Um, <laughs> and now we have the same educational degree, right? Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what in the gospel or what in scripture calls you to want to reconcile, you know, um, across race, race lines, calls you to want to lead, um, you know, you're talking about your own health journey and calls you to want to make society better. What, where do you draw your inspiration to get up every day, even when it's hard to do the good work of the kingdom? Yeah. You know, I, I like the way you said that last statement of making society better. Uh, I think it's easy, especially within the African-American community, for there to be pushback mm-hmm. with the word reconciliation. Yeah. Because to reconcile means that we were once good at one time. I literally had this conversation right? with someone a month ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so and so I think that can be, you know, like, uh, so, so I, I like the idea of making society better. Yeah, and and you know, for me, I, I think a turning moment, a pivotal moment, where I really started to embrace social justice, is when my homiletics professor said, "What you all fail to realize is that social justice is the gospel, mm-hmm. and the whole idea." Of Jesus' death, yes, is for salvation. Mm. Yes, is for us who we call, you know, or some traditions say sinners yeah. like us. Um, but at the end of the day, he was a black man, you know, literally mm. lynched, prosecuted mm. by by the government. Yeah. And in so many cases, I think that is what we see. Yeah. And so um, it's not shocking right. um, that it happens. And so I, I think if you get bogged down in it, it's hard uh, to continue to move forward. Yeah. But I think if you realize that um, everyone is not what we see or what we have seen mm-hmm. or what we have known or what we have experienced and that there are people out here in this world who are dedicated to making society better, yeah. I think that's what gives me hope. Well, right. And we can do more together than we can alone. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you look at uh, so many of the great thinkers and leaders, they they always had a, a teleology, right? Which yeah. is which is an end an end plan, uh, yeah. The, the thing that they're going toward, yeah. Know? And Dr. King talked about that as a beloved community, absolutely. Right? And, and that shared language gives us a shared hope for you know for doing the next thing, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks so much for uh, opening up and having yeah. this time together. Yeah, thank Appreciate you. It. I look forward to. Hopefully doing some more of these. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay, that should be good.